Welcome back. It's 21 minutes after 8 and as I said to you this time we get into another one of our very very interesting discussions. Crime, we've always been discussing crimes on the front page. You can't get away from it everywhere you go. And one of the more, uh, how should I say it, um, disturbing elements of the, discrime, the crime discussion that we always have is the issue of murder. Gentleman who has been with us on numerous occasions, we welcome him back to our studios. Head of the Homicide Division, Senior Superintendent Rishi Singh. Good morning to you. Nice to have you with us here this morning. And obviously, we're here to discuss what's going on with the crime situation. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it, it seems as though there has been a lull. Um, and, and that's just based on the frequency with which you see the reports of murders in the newspaper. Um, as someone who does the news for the network, I'm, I'm, I'm abreast of when these things happen. It, it, it doesn't seem as though there is, and I'm guarded in saying this because I know you have all the information as to whether or not there is, in fact, a, I don't want to say a lot, a lot might be the wrong terminology for the thing, but have we seen improvements or a or, or, or reduction, rather, in the number of murders that we're experiencing? Satish, the reality is that we don't like to count it like that right and I, I know you would people for, right it's you people. Know, it's always people mm. and the police services responsibility is to ensure that our citizens are safe Amuda is you know an infringe serious infringement on a person and i want to agree with your observation and i'll just simply say that in the context of what happened last year um where we would have had 494 Homicides. Just you need to just pull the microphone a little 400 bit closer. And, yeah. Yeah. Four hundred and ninety-four yeah. last year. Um, up to this, at the same point, we have four hundred and sixty-eight. So, um, and even the frequency with which, but uh, like I say, it's not something that we really like to measure like that. We do have our systems of increased patrols, specific deterrence. Um, Precision policing, as Commissioner points out, you know, we're going to target these persons that we have intelligence on, and all of these things that we ha in, have in operation, the statistics is a measurement of its relative success, and I want to agree with your observation, well, cautiously. The, the reason why I bring it up is the population is quick to condemn, and and probably justifiably so when we see the figures going to where they where they went last year and the year before and all those things. But we must acknowledge as well in the discussion if there are positives. Absolutely. And, and, and in identifying the positives, not necessarily to pat anybody on the back, but to try to figure out, well, what have we done and are they working, these things, and do we need to do more? So from what you suggested, there are a number of things that, probably have been put in place that you can't tell me about for the obvious reason. Yes. Um, but we have seen year on a, a, a bit of a reduction, even though that shouldn't be solace because at the end of the day, 400 and something killings at this point in time is still a lot. But um, the initiatives that have been put in place, we can safely say we are seeing the benefits of them. I would want to cautiously agree, as I said before. Mm -hmm. um, our initiatives include um, specific deterrence, l actually instituting proceedings um, against the right persons um, who we would have identified as prolific offenders, be it persons who engage in shootings, 
be it persons who we were fortunate enough to get sufficient evidence on in relation to um, homicides. And, you know, when you put away persons who specifically, because this morning I, I heard you mention um, that, you know, we have a very small group of persons who engage in criminal activity. Why aren't the police targeting them? The reality is that we do target them. Mm. And as with everything else, old talk to put persons behind bars. It is really evidence. And when persons um, come together, they cooperate with the police, when the scientific measures um, overlap and connect, when the technical issues do and the legal issues do, we get the success to institute proceedings. There's something that always, I, I don't want to say intrigued me, but I, I'm, I'm, I'd be interested in finding out how it works. Because when we speak of murder, it is not as if anyone can tell who is going to commit a murder unless you're doing an investigation on conspiracy to murder and you're tracking people for that very same reason and you prevent a murder based on that investigation. But generally, you would not know when the next murder is going to take place. No, no. If, if, we, if we had that kind of information, exactly. you, the you, figures would and, be a lot less if not zero. You would be naive to think that the police would have that kind of capability to go into the minds of people to know who's going to be killed next. You can't. That's right. But if you if if you don't know when the next murder is going to take place, which you can't, and we agree you can't, how do you prevent murders from taking place? Well, crime, like everything else, is behavior. Crime is actually negative behavior. And when you look at a behavioral model, you notice that there is an opportunity for somebody to behave a particular way. You have a rational, people have a rational um, for behaving a particular way. And then persons are motivated to behave a particular way. Right. M motive and rational are in the cognitive realm. However, um, opportunity is something that we can reduce. And that is why increased patrol is one thing. That is why when you, with an increased patrol, the increased presence reduces opportunity. Albeit, um, it's difficult to identify the exact place, but the fact that we are out there, results in two things. One, actual presence to prevent, and two, actually being out there to intercept at the earliest opportunity in the case something happens. So we really treat with the issue of opportunity reduction via the patrols. As it relates to um, the cognitive issues, you find that um, you have programs and programs in the context of things like grace which ra actually looks to impact on on persons mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um and this is where the responsibility of other arms of society really would impact by creating stronger social ties to prevent persons from wanting to to engage in particular activities and then of course murders haven't been committed you will find that because people have propensity to commit when we get evidence even on one that would specifically deter the individual who is a prolific offender you find that um, you reduce the available individuals to commit the particular crime mm. there's we, we we are up to 460 something 68. for the year um, these these murders that have been committed um, have we categorized them um, into the the, the the gangs, the the um, 
persons within conflict amongst themselves or crimes of passion and so on. Can, can you tell us what the information has said to us about the killings we've had this year? Well, in, you're asking there about the probable causes that, that we have. Mm -hmm. um, so far yet to date, gang activity mm -hmm. has contributed to 213 out of the 468. They are giving us a percentage of roughly 46%. The drug-related activities, we have 64, contributing to about 14%. The altercations, which are the fights between the individ individuals, you have 35 out of the 468. Um, you have domestic, both intimate and non-intimate. And they add up to 28 together. That's a large number. 28 domestic, intimate, and non-intimate. It's not 28%, well, you know. No, no, but it's 28 but, out of the 468. Okay, but but uh, th that says that we have a problem dealing with conflict. Um, and in some instances, we, we have situations where people don't have help that they can reach out to, to to deal with those. That's 28. The majority of our murders are related to gang violence. Yes. Um, and we still have not been able to get a handle on the gang violence for one reason or another. These 460-something murders, um, are, are, I need to be guided how I ask this question. The same people doing these things over and over again or different people? Because the, 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 the point I want to get to, do we have 400-something murderers walking amongst us? Or do we have a group of people who are carrying out murders that are resulting in this large number? You would remember last year, that we counted over the last over the ten year period we would have charged just over a thousand persons for homicide. Mm -hmm. Year to date we have charged eighty six we have charged ninety persons for eighty six homicides for this year. Um and sixty four of those homicides was homicides for this year. Seventy persons were charged for this year. Mm -hmm. So in the context of the question that you've asked, um, we have already reflected upon, we have been charging so many, so many persons for murders, and yet our figures don't go down. Now, just over, just about a year now, um, we have been having bail for murder. You know that. Right. But even before that, you would find that we have been institution proceedings against large numbers of persons in in any society you charge 100 persons for homicide a year a society with one point something million people 1.4 1.5 million persons a year and you still find that our numbers keep going up so it tells us that the way our society is constructed for one reason or the other we have a propensity to violence not necessarily the same persons all the time, but certainly whether we socialize properly. And as you pointed out at the beginning, the very beginning of this um, line of questioning, we do have um, an inability to really rationalize conflict properly. Mm -hmm. So when you see a statistic that says, hey, you have 35%, 35 out of your 400 and something homicides, um, being altercations, you have 28 being domestic, intimate, and non-intimate combined. This is relative familiarity. And within relative familiarity, you can't discuss something resulting in 
a violent act which results in death. Mm-hmm. So your observations are, are correct, um, but whether I can bring absolute closure to tell you that we have 468 murderers um, walking the streets, the answer is hazarding a guess. But I will say that our intelligence suggests that there are a group of prolific um, persons and we are enjoying um, some success in terms of institution of proceedings against them. So you would you will have prolific offenders as well as in that mix you also have persons who may have for the first time done it. Mm. The, the reason why I, I posed the question to get this discussion out into the public domain is that we, we've been told that um, by one person or another, it's in the public domain that you have assassins for hire, and 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 that they are responsible for a number of what we've seen, um, and and that is why I asked the question: Well, do we have four hundred something killers amongst us? And if we go back for ten years, how many killers do we have walking amongst us who've not been brought to justice? And and it's an alarming figure you would come up with, regardless of how you slice it. And, and and maybe I wanted the, the listener to, to rationalize to themselves, well, how do these murders take place? And who are the people, some of the people that we need to go after in order to treat with them? Because it seems as though the more you take off the streets, because you've spoken about how many people have been charged, uh, whatever else, and I think a, a minuscule number of them would have benefited from the bail. So it's not as if everybody will lock up, go get bail, and they come back outside, so, this, so the arrests make no difference. But it seems as though we are generating murders, murderers, at an alarming rate. And and this is why I talk about creating the citizens who do not have the social ties to society. And, you know, whatever ideology they are brought up with, mm-hmm. it seems to not have the strength to tell them, you know, life is valuable, we shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And that is that is a great vulnerability that is beyond the police's ability to address on its own. We need to take a couple quick messages, but when we get back, for those of you who are listening in to us and would like to join the conversation, feel free to do so. Our special guest this morning, of course, uh, Head of Homicide Division, Senior Superintendent Rishri Singh. We're discussing the issue of homicides, what's going on, some of what we've been doing, whether it's working, whether we need to do more. You can send your uh, your messages to 3061065. Stay with us. Welcome back. We are speaking this morning our special guest, uh, Senior Superintendent Rishi Singh, head of the Homicide Division. Whenever we speak on the issue of homicides, um, we naturally focus on, well, what is our figure going to be at the end of the year? And what do the um, projections tell us? I remember last year, at around the same time, we were having the discussion, in, in September, actually. And, and I remember saying to listeners that the trend, if it continues suggests that we are going to go over 600. And I remember there were some callers in particular, one or two of them, who took me to task and and said that I was, you know, I was wishing this on the country and how could I suggest such a thing and, and, and every if I wishing 600 people dead and oh, yeah, the whole conversation. But it was about statistics and data and, and if it 
my point was if it continued the way it was going, naturally you would end up with a specific amount at the end of the year. Uh, we have a call. Let's take this this call. But definitely we want to look at what are the projections. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Satish. Good morning, Toronto Tobago. Good morning, Senior Superintendent Singh. Good morning, sir. Nice being involved in the program again. And I can see this is a trend out from the great Mr. Uh, uh, anyway, the community policing unit whereby getting to learn and know your community where the policing is concerned. I've seen it have dropped off within the last couple, about two years now, since then, Mr. Um, Griffith, because being involved in it, we did not have that kind of leeway in terms of having the community, um, the police councils, I should say, sorry. Um, one of the main criteria, and I, uh, and I don't see it emphasized enough, is getting the public to buy into the police service. It's something, just as we say that there's an opportunity for crime, we need to install that in getting the community back buying the police Because without a community supporting the police service, you have no police service in terms of getting anybody so, um, brought to justice. Saying that, um, it is now, if you follow social media, of which a lot of people follow so social media, um, within the recent spate of police killings, whether it be, I, and I hear from you, that you know you, you have um, evidence, etc., in terms of it. In other, other jurisdictions, when you have um, whether evidence or whatever it is with respect against people, it is known, it is made known by whatever method um, of media in terms they put it out there. So that well, the John public would not come out and think that, you know, it is um, suddenly now it's an upsurgent police killings, right? And that goes against the police service. But you have the body cams when you and again we get John public we get this thing that you doesn't know when you're going outside there you know if you have a unit on the outside there in terms of specially looking after crime I suggest that you get your officers to bind to the body cam while there's not law I don't know why everybody looks for law but I don't know why they haven't brought that into law as yet secondly um, for your values in crime while we're talking, you have other senior police officers would be hearing. We cannot afford to have the police having the entire John public suffering people, especially on a Friday evening, where you have all these roadblocks and all the major streams where people leave in the main city port of Spain at 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock and does not reach down to their places as much as 9, 10 o'clock in the night. And the police service need to look into that. Thank you again. Have a great morning. All the best, right? Thank you so much sir, for your observations, your encouragement and advice. Um, be before we went to the call, I was suggesting what are our trends telling us about where we might end up? Now, this is speculative, you know, but, but still part of the discussion when it comes to our homicides. Um, Satish, it's interesting again that, you know, crime is a social science. That, that, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Crime fighting is a social science. And social sciences don't have the trends like fixed sciences do. Um, we are hopeful and we are utilizing as much of our resources that can be so utilized to ensure that we don't have any homicides at all 
And so we would hope if, if you give us an, a chance, this would be the last homicide um, figure that, that we have for the year. But the thing is, as you rightfully pointed out, trends occur. Mm -hmm. And in the context of what we are experiencing, I do not want to commit to a figure. A figure. Mm -hmm. it, it would not be something that we would want to do. There are so many factors that are beyond our control that result in debt. And the way persons interact with each other, whatever drives an individual to commit a particular act of behavior, it is that we are trying our best to, to clamp it. But I will tell you it this way. A number of homicides that we have had for the year would have been persons who sleep in the same bed with one another. And they, for one reason or the other, decide to behave a particular way. We have had homicides where a family within a five-acre block is at war with each other in a particular community, resulting in several deaths for this year. And despite the fact that we have increased patrol in environments like that, it's the same family members. So when they see we vacate a, a property, you would see that they would engage in their behavior a particular way. So I'm telling you that to demonstrate how unpredictable these figures can be and how precious life is to us in, in the police service that we are extending um, all manner of resources just to ensure that we keep our figures down. Yeah. So I will not want to commit to any kind of figure. Now, I, I understand why you would be guarded because of your position and, and all of these things. Um, but as a nation, if the trend that you've identified to us continues. I'm speaking about trends. Trends can go in yes. either direction. If that trend continues, it's obvious we are going to have uh, a reduced figure, which is something which that, is which is what I think it's a positive. We all want to see a better trend on Tobago, regardless of which side or whichever fence you sit at the end of the day. Yes. I, I remember speaking to someone, um, I, I can't remember who the individual was, and they had gone, or it was Vasan Bharat, and he had gone to Fiji. Mm -hmm. And having discussions over there with them, he had asked about business and um, investor confidence and all these things that, that he would usually discuss. And he asked them, well, what was the homicide figure last year? And the people that he was speaking to, I think it was the prime minister, whoever else, was taken aback by such a question because they did not have homicides. No one was killed. In, 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 I think it's Fiji, I'm subject to correction, or wherever else it was, um, the year before, or the year before that. So for them, that's something they can't even begin to imagine. And, and here at home, we are having the discussion because of where we are as to, well, how many less than next, than last year are we going to have? It's an unfortunate discussion that we have, but it paints a picture as to where we are. Hopefully, as you've suggested, the trends put us in a position that we can say, well, all right, we did a little bit better than last year, or, or we did plenty better than we did last year. There's a couple other things. Somebody sent a question asking, what what resources would the police service need to have better results when it comes to stemming the the, the, the tide when it comes to murders and, and identifying and bringing perpetrators to justice? Well, it's interesting that you spoke about a place like Fiji immediately before, um, you know, understanding the the comparisons um so really 
I think the discussion hasn't necessarily to be what the police service needs, but what does our society need? Mm-hmm. Because remember, ultimately, police statutory responsibility begins with um, keeping the peace and instituting proceedings. It's not the end of it, but it's the primary function. Um, preservation of order and bringing persons to justice for breaches of and infractions of the law. Um, the goal of any society should really be to be at the space in terms of civility and culture, mm-hmm. which results in a society that, like what you alluded to, we would not have had any killings at all. Um, there are resource needs that we have, um, and those resource needs are being attended to. But no matter how many re- um, aspects and pieces of resources that you en- inject into an organization like the TTPS, it really is to prevent crime and to detect crime. Society needs a bigger injection of a cultural change that would prevent persons from wanting to enter into a life of crime at all. And I think that is where the discussion should really be nationally. Well, I think that's where the discussion is with the front page of the Guardian newspaper and the story that suggests to us, as you've been saying, that there are some tensions that we can't figure out on our own. This story here about more patrols being put in place for for Diwali and increased religious attacks suggests in no uncertain way that we are the social fabric is being eroded. The respect that we had, I don't want to use the word tolerance because tolerance suggests you didn't like somebody but you just pop with them, you don't have a choice. The respect that we had for others and for their religious beliefs and for their customs and everything else seems to be going out the window. In, in some instances, and even, even, even some of what we've seen reported makes you sit up and wonder, how can someone do that? Do they have no respect for God? Satish, I'll tell you this way. Ideology is an interesting thing. Um, and I'll say that our commissioner really mandates us to go onto the ground as senior officers to, to really get a sense of what is going on so that we'll appropriately attend it. So you'll find that I am very frequently in the face of my investigators and in the community where homicides occur. Earlier this week, I visited a rural community where we had a spate of homicides going on. And an interesting thing occurred. A lady that I was speaking to indicated to me, so you can imagine that a person went to a shop in that community and an item cost $6. So the shopkeeper told the person, well, it's $6 for the item. That enraged the individual when he had to pay $6 and he began to abuse the shopkeeper. Mm-hmm. And he paid $7. The reason why I've brought that up is to show that currently in our society, there's this trending behavior of who's a six gang and who's a seven gang member and that kind of thing. And an individual seemed to rationalize so poorly that he thinks that anything that costs six is a problem for him. Um, And he decided to pay seven, which is, how do you police that? How do you rationalize that? And I'm telling you that in the context of what you see there in um, the headlines, it might very well be just one individual who 
for one reason or the other, socialized a particular way that might be vulnerable to a particular type of behavior. I played Ramlila as a young boy mm. in the 1990s. And I remember one night our Ramlila um, tent in that rural community was stoned down. Now, we were there, we fended off the attack and, and that type of thing. And that's years ago. So what you're experiencing now is nothing that is foreign. Sacrilege has been in our statute books for years. Because persons recognize that persons have the propensity to make various types of attack on society, including places of divine worship. How we dealt with that issue of that Ramlila attack was education. What happened was that Ramlila was just introduced back into the community there. And some, for some strange reasons, person believed that Rawan and what he represented was in fact a racist attack on, on, on a community, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, but that community is a close-knit community. Um, and over time, you find that even how the Ramlila involved in that community was persons of various ethnic groups um, ended up joining players, persons of religious, uh, different religious persuasion ended up playing Ramlila for the drama that it was. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that to say that the problem that you, you think you're identifying now is not a problem that existed today. It's a problem. Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm able to come this morning and speak of an exact experience. Mm -hmm. But what the wise pundit in that community did was seek to explain on loudspeaker for, the, for all to hear. And eventually, based on education, persons um, develop tolerance. And that is what, what, what it's all about. So I understand the anxiety because thankfully, it's something I, I experience. But we can't deal with it in an anxious manner. We really must preserve what we have as a society and intelligently educate wider society to understand that religious tolerance is not something that we just do. It is something that comes culturally embedded into you with education. The anxieties that persons face, you can't blame them for it sometimes, you know, because they think that the... I, and I, that's why I spoke about 6 and 7. How foolish and how trivial and almost abysmal the, the way we rationalize as people. Mm. And if we do not recognize that it's important to create cultural awareness, we will continue to have things like this. Yeah. Unfortunately, everybody is not exposed to the same level of information. Right. And, and I think that's an indictment against us as a people. You often fear what you don't understand. Yes. Um, and, and we see that playing out. There are people amongst us who use those issues to further divide us because there's value to them in us being divided. Um, and, and that's unfortunate. I, I myself was, was a part of Ram many, many, many years ago. And it was such an amazing experience. And we had people from all walks of life who would come and want to be a part of it because when they came and they actually saw what it was about, they realized, well, yes, there's religion to it, but it's much more about fun and about theater and about camaraderie and all of these other things right. for, for, for the how many ever nights. Um, this were we out of time. Uh, time just got away from us here this morning. So I want to thank you for being with us here this morning. Our discussions are always very, very interesting because you bring a level of, of fact to our discussion that is needed 
because many times when people have discussions it's it's done in a vacuum there's too much emotion sometimes politics gets involved in all these things but our rationalized discussions very very focused discussions i hope um presents the information to the public so that they can have a better understanding of what's going on you spoke about the commissioner of police and and some of the things she mandates uh, i'll tell you this we've been trying to have the commissioner on and i find it uh, a disservice to her that she has not been able to She's come. Really I, I know, I understand that. But sometimes a population needs to hear from the individual as to what's going on to, to, to greater understand uh, a position or, or a policy or some kind of thing. So once there's life, there's hope. We continue to extend the invitation. It's open door policy. Uh, Senior Superintendent Rishi Singh, I want to thank you for being with us here this morning. And I'm sure that you and I will speak again as we continue to monitor what's going on with our country, with our crime situation, with the homicide situation. Thank you once again. Thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where we drop the curtains. Up next, uh, Tosca, she's already here. As we always say, be safe on the nation's roads. You never can tell. The life you save may be just that of your own.